Well, let's let's put friends and also coworkers in quotation marks there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're not really coworkers. Uh, <laughs> we're certainly not friends. So let's say what would be a long time ago we used to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Back before you did that thing that only you know about. But I haven't no. thought of you lately at all. <laughs> you know what you did. Was it in the butt? I'm irritated that none of y'all clapped during that. Wait, what? What? I can't believe y'all don't know the Dandy Warhols. Oh. Can't you? Can't you believe it? <laughs> I refuse to believe it. Well, see, there's a difference. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, heroin is so passe. That's like the What can I possibly do to make myself believe it? Drink more? I'm angry that I don't believe this. Well, I accept if, that I don't believe this. If you're going for something here, I think... I mean, you've lost me. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. I, y'all don't know the seven stages of uh, Kubler-Ross's grief bullshit thing? That's five stages, whatever, but still. Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> I'm angry that you don't know that. Is there anything I do to make you believe that know those things? See, usually we, we, we only use the stages of grief when we have to do Voyager episodes. <laughs> I use the stages of grief when I have to deal with you turds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last week at this time, he was in the middle of like a 48-hour cycle of stages of grief. <laughs> Maybe more like 36, I don't know. I'm bad at time. You operate on a 26-hour clock. Actually, yeah. <laughs> That's probably not too far from the actual truth. Would you call that a matter of time? See, it would have been funny if it was like an energy of time. Did Do we have Paladin with us this week? No, this is called a deft segue. <laughs> oh, it's deaf or deft? If it was Paladin, it would be a segue off a cliff. Podcasts, The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Because there are no cows in subspace. Hey, Mickey. For hate's sake. I swallow your dying load. Scott. See, when he's happy, he goes, When he's scared, he goes, When he's angry, he goes, And Fort Max. Why the heck do you not want to fuck my wife? Are we done with pre-show already? Is this, is this the actual show right now? Is there any difference? I'm not, I'm not, well, well if you want, we could uh, laugh at uh, Sakamoto getting uh, made fun of for his leg fetish on uh, national Japanese TV. We'll let you laugh about that. So, see, there there is a difference between pre-show and actual show, which is that I need to mark down the time that that transition happens so I can drop the intro there when I'm editing the show later. That sounds like friends. XV problems to me. Yeah, yeah I mean I that's think... no the the fact is that's just the only difference between pre-show and actual show. Otherwise, you are our... correct. There is no real difference. I don't think our transitions are any of your goddamn business. 
No? Okay. <laughs> no. So this week on that one episode of Star Trek, um, we're back from a hiatus because, uh, like, I visited Mickey last week and we can't be bothered to try to record a show live, but we will sit around with bus and actually watch episodes and make fun of them for our own benefit. Yeah, but God forbid you record them or anything. I mean, I've thought about buying, um, like, a portable audio recorder that would get, like, a high-quality recording of a group in a room so that we actually could do that. that. Um, No, the the important part of that statement is high-quality. Yeah, you just pass the phone around. (laughs) Yeah, it's like like the talking conch. (laughs) If there wouldn't be so much garbage... conch? Conch, really. It's a Spongebob thing. It's a conch. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I was going to well, say you, conch, Okay, then you've, also, you then you've heard it pronounced conch. wrong. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Sucks to your conch. <laughs> so is it hard? I mean, if you're going to record it while you're at hey, Mickey's house and you're sitting around with bus, it would be hard to, to edit out the sound of a water bong. Not as hard as it would be to edit in the sound of a water bong. <laughs> I think that could really enrich the podcast. Right before Bus says something, you gotta yeah. make it sound like a five-second-long water bong hit. Yeah, I mean, it, it would it would make the editing take longer, but I could totally do that. It'd be hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> and it would make a lot more sense, I think, for any anything he says. People would just go, "Oh, well, there was a water bong hit right before he said that." So, so it, it would make sense. more sense too if he actually smoked. I don't think well, you could convince people that he's not on something, honestly. Thank well, just you. because he owns a Volkswagen bus does not automatically make him a pot user. Okay, but know. possibly the fact that he ruined his bus and then almost ruined his rabbit and also wrecked his other car. That's just because he's an alcoholic. <laughs> like me! <laughs> so I was at Goodwill this afternoon and saw uh, in the on the toy shelf there was a little uh, die-cast Volkswagen bus, or what was left of one. It was basically just like the lower half of the body shell. Made me think of Russ. <laughs> Who? Oh, bus. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, what did Bus do to his VW bus? Uh, blew um, up the engine. Basically, it ran out of oil and the engine locked up. Oh Jesus! He sent it somewhere to be rebuilt. It'll be faster, stronger, more alive, or not because it's a Volkswagen bus. Uh, right. We're going up to 17 horsepower. <laughs> so what did he just? Did he know that it was leaking oil and just not do anything about it? Or I'm gonna assume he probably did not know. We didn't. We actually didn't ask him specifically how that happened. He well, well, you have to understand. Like the thing with the bus kind of came up in the middle of a whole string of bad things that happened to his cars. So there I'm was... going to assume it probably happened on a camping trip where you wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah, because if it's in his driveway, I'm sure you have noticed a puddle of oil larger than the bus itself underneath it. <laughs> yeah, but as long as it's in nature and he's leaking that toxic oil all over, like you know, a state park, that's fine. Yeah. Fuck the planet. <laughs> Well, it's too late to help it anyway. We might as well need to push it for letting us evolve. (laughs) And then (laughs) the rabbit? Uh, Oh, so the rabbit's a great one. Um, So that was just his own incompetence. Uh, He was pulling up to get some gas in it, and he was about five gallons in and realized he had been putting uh, unleaded into it. It's a diesel rabbit. Maybe you should have led with it as a diesel car before you started telling about the gasoline going into it. Well, I'm relating the story the same way he related it to us. I think he assumed we would know. Well, and I then, did, if you, if I did you're know. If you're relating it as you, he you did, you're going to put bong rips in this. <laughs> 
And then he said, and then, and he, the one, and then he uh, ran the other one off the road, I think. Well, technically, uh, he ran the other one off the road first, and then he put gas in the diesel car and all on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> so are we talking wild turkey or like isopropyl? What What the hell? Purell. Yeah. Man, you sure hand sure are clean. <laughs> click, 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 click. Around these parts, we call Purell hooker's breath. So... <laughs> How did he end up running it off the road, or did he elaborate on that? He or... said he was going too fast around a curve on a gravel road. Which makes sense. Those aren't the grippiest of surfaces. Where was he driving on a gravel road? He I lives was in Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> oh, so he's so he's going downtown, I see. <laughs> he was going, going to, to the courthouse. Gov- yeah, he's going to the governor's mansion, I see. <laughs> You know, I was only half serious when I told him last week that this would become fodder for the podcast. I'm surprised we ended up using it within the first 30 seconds of the show. Well, you brought it up. Yes. I'm surprised it took me that long. That's what she's... No, that's not even like funny anymore. No. No. I'm not surprised you aren't neglecting the most important thing that's podcast relevant that happened during your visit. I thought you might want to talk about that. Oh, God. Did you two have sex? No. Oh, okay. Then what was it? The suspense is killing me. <laughs> so in the middle of George's asshole. You'll have to be a little more specific there. <laughs> I've been there. Anyone who's been to Georgia probably knows where that is. In an antique mall oh. uh, full of shitty rusted farm tools and antique cars with flat tires there was one little loan booth of nerd haven there um i bought a the phoenix yes you did you found uh, a first contact phoenix toy still in the box Mm -hmm. wow uh it does not play uh magic carpet ride unfortunately i could fix that though yeah you you really shouldn't have left until you got up playing Magic Carpet Ride. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just go to another antique mall and find, like, a mint-on-card yak back and just record a clip of that on it and stuff it up inside the... Inside you the should unit. get a Comtech chip reader and install it. Ooh. That way I could talk for the first time. The problem is those Comtech chip readers are actually bigger than the Phoenix. The like, Comtech chips are not. Well, this is true. Could I get so a anyway, contact chip of Magic Carpet Ride, though? I'm sure you could hack it. I'm sure there's instructions on the internet. I'd have to look okay, at that I'm later. I'm not sure if that was the point of the story or not. Oh, no, I was just interjecting to take up time. I see. Interjecting <laughs> or interrupting. Well, when it comes to me, it's the same difference. I, mean, I was trying to craft a narrative here. Oh, well, please. Drama. Yes, please. Back to the Excitement. asshole. So while you were sitting there looking through the Sequest figures, trying to find your favorites. There was um, one, wasn't there? There was, yes. It was Lucas. (laughs) Does he come with the dolphin? No, but he was hung on the peg. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And he did come with a dolphin. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I was just just reveling in saying that for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... I just happened to look up. It's like a warehouse top building. And I noticed that this guy's shit goes up like to the top of it. And at the top, there's these giant posters. 
<laughs> including this six foot tall poster of a Cardassian face. Oh my. <laughs> on vinyl. I wish it was on velvet. And so we look at it, and I say, oh shit, look at that. <laughs> oh yes, it must be mine. And XV, being nerdier than me, recognizes, oh, that's Damar. <laughs> yes, me being nerdier because he's only the third most important Cardassian on Deep Space Nine. There's only two important Cardassians on Deep Space Nine. That's why he's number three. Ooh. And then XP, with his beady little sharp eyes, ah, <laughs> uh, yes, notices that it's signed by the actor, Casey Biggs. I wonder if he's related to Jason Biggs. Or Roxanne Biggs Dawson. I wonder if they're all related. Everybody's related. If you go back far enough, sure. Right. So we found, we found the shop clerk, and he has to go find a ladder to get up there. That took about 20 minutes. Just to see how much it is, and there's no price tag on it. So then you have so to go find a phone. The, yeah, he calls the booth owner. I'm still thinking to myself, okay, how much would I pay for this? Because <laughs> I want this thing in my house. <laughs> oh, not just in your house, I'm sure. And so I think, you know what? 60 is probably as high as I'd feel safe going. So he gets hold of the guy, and the guy says, $60. Oh, my. So I'm like, okay, yes, I'll take it. But before and Mickey it, can even finish getting that sentence out, the guy says, $50. <laughs> he was bidding against himself. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about dealing with Georgians. <laughs> They're really fucking stupid. I have to wonder how many years that thing's been hanging there and he's just desperate to get rid of it. Well, he probably didn't remember it was there. It's like, <laughs> poster of a what? A bunch of card-playing dogs? Okay. So, now I've got a giant vinyl poster of Damar hanging in my hallway. Well, and it's really fortuitous, too, because just a couple weeks ago, your wonderful wall hanging of, uh, you know, Vigo... <laughs> Ceased to it was be. hatefully destroyed by my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now something even better has taken its place. <laughs> yeah. There was even, I'm not kidding, there was even a, a test fitting of it uh, in the process of hanging it up to make sure that as you're sitting on the toilet, the bar can look in on you. Yeah. yeah. The eyes are placed perfectly. Yeah. The bar is watching you poop. Okay. Yeah, it, it's perfect. He's encouraging you to poop against the Dominion. <laughs> so, okay, there's one chapter of the story that I was not there to experience. Uh, when Ben came home, did he notice it? Uh, I was not there. I was at work when he came home. But apparently, yes, he did notice it. That's amazing. Did he draw, did he draw a big mustache on it? Because <laughs> it seems like he's the kind of person who just walk by and just randomly have a marker and then randomly just draw mustaches on, on posters of things as he's walking down the street. I assume that'd just be like his natural instinct when he got home and saw a new face. That's a weird line of thought, but okay, sure. <laughs> and draw like spectacles and butt teeth and you know, everything else like that. Have you ever seen Ben pick up a pencil or pen before? <laughs> I didn't say he was going to write a letter. I just said, or a word. I mean, you know he's left-handed, so that means he's not natural holding things. He's left-handed? Well, yeah, not... yeah, that's yeah. why he's wrong. <laughs> 
basically. <laughs> you fucking married a left-handed person. I knew there was something wrong with that relationship. The devil's paw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you bought that poster. Yeah. Well, well it's, it was like finding that Turbo Ranger figure in that uh, toy shop that time. It, it would not have been right for us to leave without one of us owning that. Yeah, I kind of think, like, as shitty as Georgia is, every time you come down and we go into Georgia, we do find something bizarre and amazing. Yeah, I know. Okay, so, Damar, the Trevor Ranger figure, <laughs> uh, that boxed uh, Euro Transformer G1 yeah. G2 figure. Yeah. Uh, and the first time was uh, the Best Lock Stargate kit. Yes, which I've been trying to find for quite a while before that. To be fair, maybe that Best Lock Stargate kit shouldn't be included in the, you know, ranks of amazing good finds in Georgia. Well, I know how much you like Stargate, so I figured it was special for you. It's still a Best Lock kit, though. That's I, the best lock you can get. I literally bought it because there is no other licensed Stargate merchandise I could have at that point. Because nobody else wants it. I think Diamond did a series of figures that had, like, Build-A-Stargates and stuff, but that would also represent, like, a $100 investment. And I think one and I think uh, one of them came with the wrong Stargate part. <laughs> I think that was from one of the Atlantis series, but yes. Even Megablox won't do a Stargate line. I wish Oops. they would, but Megablox is doing something notable. Yes. More Star Trek shit. Really? Uh, on a very small scale, but yeah. So um, this year, a new series of Mega Bloks Heroes, which is their single pack minifigures at like the four ninety nine price point, I think. They're doing a Captain Picard and a Borg drone. Oh, that's cool. Picard, also, He Man and Skeletor. And oh, a, uh, yeah, I saw pictures of those. And yeah, a Xenomorph yeah, yeah. and Colonial cool. Marine. The yeah. alien looks amazing. Picard comes with a phaser rifle. Well, of course he does. He's going to draw that line here. <laughs> this far, <laughs> no further. <laughs> He's going to build that line. I'm going to burn you like my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's right, bitch. I'm hardcore. So I have to think if they do any like actual next generation building kits... And Picard comes with any of them, it will be Picard with his smoking jacket because it's his standard uniform Picard. <laughs> I come that I have like action figures of his family from the Nexus. You would think that'd be something Playmates would have done in the 90s. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> They're too busy giving us the rest of the crew in the uniforms that weren't filmed. Yeah. Yeah. The uniforms they probably should have used. I don't know. I mean, if you assume that the Generations uniforms would be carried forward and be what be used in Deep Space Nine and then Voyager, I think we may be better with the jumpsuit style we got. I can't imagine seeing those uniform designs for the okay, next Okay, if you're looking years. at it from like the whole picture, yes. But if you're looking at it just particularly from making one film and wanting to have uniforms that don't look like television garbage, mm -hmm. they should have upgraded them for that movie. Yeah, no, if if... It's with the understanding it would only be seen in that movie, and Deep Space Nine and everything would still do its own thing separately, sure. The thing is, they could have still gotten away with that, because DS9 already had its own uniforms. But did Deep Space Nine have those uniforms because they were already planning to, like, had they already abandoned 
the action figure uniform designs when they were working that far ahead. Now, DS9 had their, came out way before Next Generation ended. True. So there were multiple came uniforms out, what, going on summer all at the same of 94? time. Next Generation was still airing when DS9 was on the air. No, I know. I'm just trying to think. What Did Generations come out in the summer of 94? I'm trying to think what the production timeline would have been on that. Well, either way, no matter when it came out, the DS9's uniforms were basically done differently to have a different set of uniforms in Next Generation to make it stick out as a different show. The worst timeline would be one where we got those uh, unused Generations uniforms. D-Space 9 still had its jumpsuits, and Voyager used the Generations uniforms for seven years. <laughs> yeah. On the original principle that those jumpsuit-style ones were just, like, station personnel uniforms, not starship uniforms. Because at some points during Deep Space Nine, when they go to other assignments, they go back to the Next Generation-style uniforms. Uh-huh. That's true, yeah. When, he went, when uh, Cisco went back to Earth, yeah, he yeah. put on a regular TNG-looking uniform. That's mm-hmm. true, I forgot about that. What did wear when he went to Next Generation? A thong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean, like, as a uniform, not... Okay. Thong. Yeah, <laughs> Bashir would wear a speedo to swim in, though. Oh, of course he would. To swim in, yeah, to, to do performance reviews in. <laughs> or is that O'Brien probably wears like one of those old timey turn of the century ones? It's like a, a, a onesie for men. Yeah, with the pantaloons and the stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoulder <laughs> straps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He has like a swimming cap on so he doesn't get his curly hair wet and ruin his perm. <laughs> it's alarming how easy that is to envision. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes really easy to mind, doesn't it? <laughs> it's so natural seeming. <laughs> so you got O'Brien there looking uncomfortable in this turn-of-the-century swimming outfit. You got Bashir sitting right next to him in a speedo doing all these crazy stretches, all energetic. Well, that's why yep. O'Brien looks uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. O'Brien is, O'Brien is also under like three umbrellas of shade too yeah he would burn oh yeah that's why he's yeah, like, like the racquetball episode all over again only at the beach yep <laughs> deep space nine the beach episode <laughs> i've got signed in places i don't want it <laughs> that was scotty <laughs> no no there there was no mention of firing the phasers at the sun <laughs> fire the phasers at the sand in the places he doesn't want it well, we do fire phasers at a planet in this episode. Oh, we're actually going to do an episode? Well, we, if we want to. I'm I mean, just saying. I mean, we've been, here, shooting... we've been here for like 20 minutes already. I, I think we're making pretty Wasting good progress. Wasting all our listeners' time. <laughs> yeah, their precious, precious time. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> if they're already listening to this podcast, they've already run out of other things to do in their lives. They have the time. Just like we have the time to sit here and record it. Yep, exactly. So this week our episode is A Matter of Time, speaking of time. Woo. And this is time not wasted. This episode's great. It yeah, has Matt Frewer. Fantastic. It's even better than I remember it. Matt Frewer is the best. <laughs> yes, he is. We love you, Matt Frewer, if you're listening to this. <laughs> he could be. What else is he doing anymore? Well, he did voiceover for that Castlevania cartoon on Netflix. And he was on Eureka, which was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was How awesome. many years ago was that? Too many. Well, fewer than when he was the Pink Panther in the 90s. 
He was the Pink Panther in the That 90s. was a mistake. <laughs> why would why would you do that? You don't remake things that are perfect. God damn it, people. When will <laughs> when will they learn this lesson? Don't you have a little brother? Yeah, that's like <laughs> evidence A. <laughs> What, you're expecting your second child to be better than the first? No! <laughs> uh, so, Season 5, Episode 9, A Matter of Time. I remember watching this episode when I was a kid and just loving the shit out of it. Well, I had Matt and, Frewer in it. Of course he did. Yeah, Matt Frewer was in it, and I, lo- I like Matt Frewer, and then and I like the plot, I liked everything about it, and, and uh, watching it as an adult, it was even better than I remembered it. That's how awesome this episode is. It's an episode that stands up to the test of time. Yeah, it sure does. The the, the B plot's good. The A plot's good. It all works together. Oh, it's fantastic. It's Thank actually, you. Why don't you a drive? Drum. Okay. Scott's too into this. I can't reward that. <laughs> <laughs> the Enterprise is tooling up to this planet that's uh, it's got a little problem. Um, an asteroid hit it, and now it's cold. So you remember so, a year or so back, uh, there was that planet with the asteroid moon that was about to fall out of the sky and then Q showed up. This is basically yeah. that, but if it wasn't Q and was instead Matt Frewer and the asteroid Except already hit the planet. That that previous asteroid with Q, that was about the size of a moon. This one's just big enough for a dinosaur extinction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're facing down nuclear winter basically in this on this planet. So I kinda love though that this planet basically um they're warp capable. Um they didn't think to set up some kind of asteroid deterrent phaser in space. I mean, it's like, oh shit, rock's coming. Well, <laughs> maybe it'll change its mind. Yeah, if there's only some way to figure out where it was going and do something about it before it hit. Yeah, that's one thing about this episode that, that is confusing, because, okay, are these is this a colony of some other thing? Is it the Federation? Is it its own planet? Because there doesn't seem like there's that many people on the planet, because it talks about how the asteroid hit an uninhabited continent, and there's only like 20 million people on the planet, which is kind of nothing, really. It's like a city. It is a colony. Yeah, so I think it's just a colony. Yeah, I believe so, it is a Federation colony. Yeah, so that just means that, well, maybe they, don't, they, didn't have, uh, they don't have all that fancy schmancy... Uh, well, you know, it means there's not a ship on station all the time. Yeah, but that, yeah, they had that's nothing. what you have a Starfleet for, right? To show up too late to to keep the problem from being a problem. Yes. So the Enterprise is rushing there to save them before they freeze to death. Captain, and Worf pipes up, "Uh, Captain, um, like a clock just burped outside." <laughs> <laughs> so Picard's like, "Uh, okay, Jordy, can you spare a minute so we can check this out and like." Do a potty break. <laughs> Jordy's like, well, not unless another asteroid hits the planet, asshole. <laughs> it can't get much fucking worse than it already is, you bald bastard. <laughs> like, geez, Jordy. To which Data helpfully uh, chimes in, Mariposa is Spanish for butterfly. <laughs> I don't tell it for relevant. <laughs> Alright, so they check out the, the temporal anomaly, and it's a, a temporal anomaly? Yeah, the Tempura Anomaly. It's a little Ooh. fried plastic shuttle. <laughs> it really Kuma. it it looks like a uh, '80s uh, Sentai uh, mech carrier. And there's an indistinct blob of plastic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's an indistinct blob of plastic that looks like it's meant to fit uh, something that was designed not to be fit in stuff. 
your um, mom. A penis? <laughs> yeah. Uh... I'm not a big fan of those, really. <laughs> All right, so uh, they try scanning it and, like, whatever. It's alien and crazy and shit, and they try hailing it. But it's, it's, it's talking to them. It says, uh, could you move a little bit? And Picard's like, fuck no! Our ship's bigger! Yeah, we're not moving anywhere. <laughs> like, I was like, no, no. No, no, you, you personally. <laughs> the fuck he says. Yeah, he like he's starting off. Yeah, he's sort of stomping towards Worf as if he's going to, let me talk to that motherfucker. And as soon as he steps away. <laughs> uh, we get Matt Frewer, yay! Frew! Who apparently just got out of bed and still wearing his bathrobes. <laughs> yes, passionate so indeed. <laughs> Only the finest shades of brown on this episode. Oh, yes. Better than shades of gray. Uh, yeah. That's what poop fetishes with brown, right? Sure. I don't remember the handkerchief code, so you'll have to... It's more of a 70s thing. It's like a dirty sock in the doorknob, or what are we talking here? This is old gay shit here. Oh, okay. Back in the day, you would wear colored handkerchiefs in your back pockets to donate what you were into doing. Yeah. And left and the right side represented uh, give or take. Yeah, yeah. It, it was extraordinarily complicated and just really fucking stupid when you just ask someone. See, I it, it was our, a thing. I love it when our podcasts are educational, too. Because I'm sitting yeah. here with like, my, my chin resting on my fingertips just going, tell me more. Tell me more? How about I pick up men in the 70s? Yeah. You never know when they'll come in, in their handy. 70s. <laughs> See, now. It's coming like, hanky. <laughs> no, I think we're back to the, the, the dirty sock at that point. Uh, All right, so Matt Fur introduces himself, and he is a historian from the year 400 billion. Whatever year the 26th century is, I don't know. I'm Something not like math. That. Yeah. And he's here to study them. And I forgot, and like, okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds fine. Nothing fishy about that. Yeah, so his name was Rasmussen. Burley yeah, Hoff Rasmussen. I'm guessing Rasputin was copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the estate of his penis in a jar would have sued them. Maybe it was just a little bit too on the nose. Like, hmm, maybe something's up with this guy. <laughs> right. Evil guy, McLiar. My name is Adolf Smitler. <laughs> oh, Smitler. <laughs> Adolf Hilter. <laughs> Adolf, Adolf Hilton. <laughs> Adolf Hilfiger. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> All right, so um, after the break, um, Picard has got... I was going to call him Matt Frewer, because fuck his real name. Uh, uh, yeah. In the ready room, saying, like, uh, I'm flattered, but why are you interested in me? There's plenty of better candidates than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, that's so important <laughs> and Matt Furr begins his the first of his long spiels of oh well uh, this is going to be very important and interesting but I can't tell you about it but some shit's about to go down yeah. maybe I like all the, I all the... well I can't tell you if uh, shit is about to go down or not uh, anyway like, but like something's you... going down because like I'm here like... to watch it <laughs> yeah but I'll let you know. I won't let you know what it is. I like how he keeps doing the little things, like, "Oh, well, you know, historians thought your book was on your table and not over here." And oh, is that the original painting? And he's really laying it on thick. Really laying it on thick. 
that's a couch? We thought it was a daybed. Right. <laughs> Does this fold out? Yeah. I always thought it was a futon. And this is where I started going, okay, this guy's not a historian because he's not taking any photographic evidence. Yeah, that's the funny thing. He's just kind of like looking around and touching things. Well, you're breaking the fourth wall there a little bit. I mean, you're looking at the meta story. Yeah. But if you're just going to strictly buy it here, then he's just an eccentric dude to Captain Picard. And I just, I just love Matt. For I love how he chooses scenery. He is just like ecstatic to be mm-hmm. doing this. I mean, the look of just unmitigated joy in his face. <laughs> that's yeah, I, I wonder remember. how much of that is acting. How much he's just delighted to be on Star Trek. <laughs> I, I don't know, and that's what I love about because even in watching as a kid, I mean, I was so enamored by this character. You know that he was just so uh, exuberant. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it's rare you see characters just joyful in Next Generation. Yeah. He's just like, ah, I was right about this. Oh, your room, and this is great. He's just so effervescent. Look how soft <laughs> this chair is. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> he, he just might be high. <laughs> uh, so that they have a staff room meeting with Matt. And like he's going to give them all homework of questionnaires. And Troy's like, I sent something's wrong. He's holding something back. And everyone's like, well, no shit. He's from the future. He can't tell us what's going on. Dumbass. <laughs> Troy's delivering like the Worf equivalent of, I think we should raise shields. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I don't understand is like, I think, I think it's in this scene. Picard goes in the scene. He's like, well, I've checked out his credentials. Everything checks out. So we should just do what he says. Well, 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 How well, would well. they know what his credentials you, were? Yeah, you kind of glossed over that really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Did they call uh, temporal invest did they uh, call temporal investigations or they should have now Picard put an article in the next day's newspaper with a message to the 26th century um so we need a background check on this guy if you could like time travel that back to us like right you know, right 26 hours ago yeah five minutes after I submit this just respond this is like to the me. end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey <laughs> After we get out of the situation, we've got to remember to set up the key. Right, right. But yes, the whole credentials thing is weird and kind of not necessary. Yeah, it was kind of a hand wave of like, okay, let's move on. And even Picard's like amused by us. He's all laughing and just like, oh, look at this great guy. Hey, pal, how are you doing? He's getting his cock sucked by him. He's like, oh, he's here to study me. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Who would ever think that I would be so important to be studied? Yeah, you're only the captain of the flagship of the of Starfleet. Fuck you. Well, I guess Captain Picard Day is coming twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> Attention, all hands. Put the posters back up. <laughs> School children, stop your studies. Get out the crowd. Except the children. Have <laughs> <you start. laughs> uh, all right, so Data escorts Matt to his quarters. And Matt uh, gloriously treats him as a machine. He's the Model T of androids. <laughs> yeah. I'm. You'll allow me to correct you, sir, but Marabosa is Spanish for butterfly. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> so uh, they step into the quarters, and Matt walks over to the magic washroom. Yep. And they start questioning him about the future. Am I still alive? Do, do I, have I love like a... that Matt just turns around and gives this look like, I ain't saying shit to you because you should know better. <laughs> <laughs> I 
he does treat data very strangely though you think it i mean knowing what we know about the episode you'd think he'd be more impressed but instead he's just like eh, whatever he doesn't see a data as being a living thing he's like, yeah oh that's a machine yeah so now, now one thing about this that always can confuse me because he just walks right over the sink and presses this invisible button which opens up and starts washing his hands it's like he's always been there it's like how does he know how things work I'm going to assume because his 26th century craft has records. Okay. Or, uh, that's, or that's, it has, it has a, space wiki. It has a space wiki. Right. Or it also, might the way he, also have a magic basin like the Enterprise does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the way he holds his wet hands up for data to dry. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, wow, this guy's a dick. He's funny, but he's a dick. So back on the planet, Picard is beamed down to explain to the scientist there, uh, who is totally wearing a Star Trek Online uniform, I swear to God. Well, <laughs> get up to it. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's on planet Hoth now. Yeah. So Now what? Now is this... What is this set? Is this... I've seen this one before. This, this one, is the, use... the science station on the planet. Yeah. No, but no. Also, this set. Also, yeah, it's also an old Wendy's. <laughs> you know, I thought that L cars looked familiar. So Picard's explaining, okay, here's what we're going to do. Global warming. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I do like this. I like the fact that they go, well, we spent decades trying not to, like, you know, put greenhouse gases in our atmosphere to cause that. And now we're doing it on purpose. I thought that was really awesome. Picard's like, it's inevitable. You can't fight global warming. It's going to happen. Yeah. By God, I'll be here to make sure it does. <laughs> The so we're going to fire phasers and planets or at least the, the planet's molten energy. Great idea, right? What could go wrong? Well, car- carbon, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, basically they're going to use the phasers to burp the planet. Yep. Because, I mean, anytime you burp a baby, there's never a chance that's going to follow through. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, like, impossible. Well, Picard's never held a baby. He doesn't know. No. <laughs> No, I bet he has held a baby once and it vomited on him. And then he just stood there with the arms length. Arms length. Kind of kind of like blank faced, just never again. Yeah, ew, no, take it back. <laughs> no, thank you. The line must be drawn here, no farther. <laughs> the poo must be drawn. Yeah. So up in ten four, uh Beverly, Wharf and Riker are enjoying some booze a hole. Mm-hmm. When in walks Matt. Look how Worf has the state. I hate questionnaires. Man, shut up. <laughs> we know you're grumpy. Shut up. So I love that they're all bitching about him, except for Beverly. Yes. Who sees him and immediately says, Oh, come over here and join us. <laughs> and she's like, the... She smiles at Riker and Worf. Ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> she gives him her shitty. Oh, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Hey, it's that guy you hate. Hey, guy you hate. Come on over. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he gets a face full of wharf, too, which is uncomfortable for about three seconds. No kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Put my hair. All right, so he passes out their homework, and they try to grill him, like, okay, so why are you here? Is something important about to happen? I didn't say that. But I did not say that. Right. 
And Riker tries to be cool. He's like, no, no, no questions. We're, we're cool. We're cool. But then Matt Frewery kind of like starts ramping up. It's like, well, you never know. Something important could happen in the next 10 minutes or the next hour or the next day. Who knows? Well, it's cause he, kept, like, well, he keeps checking his uh, watch ring. Yeah. Which I kind of want one of those. I like how his watch ring pisses off Riker. He's like, what the fuck is that? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Quartz, you caveman. Wait, you, you need a chronometer to know what time it is? We just know naturally. What's wrong with you? Right. Yeah, Beverly starts talking about the medical procedures. Oh, you went down to the 22nd century. You probably still saw surgical gloves. Eh. We don't bother with gloves anymore. Right. We just boil our hands before we do surgery. <laughs> we replicate new hands and attach them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you throw away the old ones. <laughs> So he's grilling them about. What do you think? But the, the problem is, is that the person who uh, attaches the new hands needs to do the same thing. Right, and it just starts a chain reaction of everybody <laughs> on the planet getting new hands. Maybe they just beam new hands on. Right. They just take their hands into the matter stream. Yeah. <laughs> Beams them away and reforms them. Uh huh. That's what happens when you put your hand into a replicator while it's in the middle of a cycle. I don't think we put your dick in a warp core. <laughs> My hand is a cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, after he oh, grills him about one of the most important scientific inventions to steal, I mean learn about, <laughs> um, he heads down to engineering to go bother Jordy and Data. Oh, but there's also the wonderful non-sequitur for more phasers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's like it. It's like it took him a while to think of that, but it was probably determining, probably trying to figure out, okay, which is really the, my favorite weapon? <laughs> no, he was trying to figure out what, he just blurted out the ways he wants to kill Matt Frewer. And he just blurted it out. He's thinking, well, I could use a batleth. No, no, I could use a knife. Space door? No, no. Phasers. Or space oh. door? <laughs> yeah, you know, the door that goes to space. <laughs> An airlock. <laughs> Well, that's dumb. There's no air in space. That's why, you, space that's why you lock it in the ship with an airlock. <laughs> it locks the air out of space. Oh, okay, good. Space I being polluted. Right. They're very think, environmentally okay. conscious in the 24th century. And why would Worf say phasers? Didn't you say disruptors? You cling on. Phasers are more useful. I guess. And he doesn't have any disruptors. I suppose. He's never used a disruptor. That's true. He was raised by humans. Race trader. If he wanted a disruptor, he could probably get a disruptor, but he's not that kind of Klingon. Oh. Phasers are you the best because bitch. Starfleet taught him that phasers are the best. Anyway, engineering. Yep. Matt first trying to pass out homework, and Jordan's like, I'm busy, dude. Go <laughs> yeah, jack off like the everybody... corner or something. I've got work to do to save these people. Yeah, unlike everybody else in this ship, I actually have, like, something to do. I can't just hang out and tin forward all day like some of you assholes. I'm an engineer. I kind of thought Jory seems kind of pissed because there should be a focus episode on him because it's all about engineering. <laughs> but he's the B-plot. <laughs> That's true. If it were for Matt Frewer, this would be a Jordy episode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, that, well, uh, who would he be having uh, terrible luck with? Oh, there'd be a female scientist on the planet, and that's why he gets emotionally invested to save the planet, because there's a girl down there that he likes. Yeah, the bald guy would be uh, a woman of moderate attractiveness. Right. Who smiled at him once. 
All I can do, though, is think Matt Frewer plot blocked Jordy. <laughs> plot blocked him! <laughs> <laughs> He's been B plot zoned. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Alright, so. They get on the, the ball with uh, shooting holes in the planet. Well, Matt Frewer does get to make fun of Data for being so slow. Yeah, he's okay. impressed that Data can type 20 words a minute. Woohoo. Oh, right. So, okay, one thing about this scene is it's weird to me. It's like, oh, there's very little known about Data's efficiency and stuff. It's like, okay, well, it's only been 300 years. You're already in the 24th century. They have computer records of everything. You're on the flagship of the, of, of the, of the Starfleet. Did some horrible catastrophe happen between your time and our time that they lost all this information? Because it seems like all this shit's already really well recorded. Well, see, what the problem is, in the 24th century, they're using zip drives. And by the time, <laughs> you know, it's the 26th century or whatever, that technology is completely dead. Those zip drives could be a massive five megabytes. I thought they were like 70 megabytes. Dick. Dick. Oh, oh. Dick. They probably did Dick. not really accurately Dick. record... Dick. Is Fort Mac skipping? <laughs> Someone hit the needle. <laughs> no, but they probably didn't accurately record uh, their secretary's typing speeds back in World War II. Right. So when we look back now, we probably don't know how efficient their secretaries were. <laughs> Therefore, 300 years ago from now, they really didn't know how fast data could type. Sure. It's, it's logical. No, I'm not buying a lot of this. I mean, it's kind of like we have computers now. We have stuff that's digital to be around for hundreds of years. There's no way that the flagship of the of Starfleet or the Federation like doesn't have records they can't access a few hundred years later. That's bullshit. No, I'm just going to stick with isolinear technology as a dead end. That doesn't mean it runs out, though. I mean, you can still load them up. It's just like getting a getting old zip drive. Well, okay, think about it this way. Like, yeah, Scott, I'll just do a bunch of VHS tapes and let you enjoy There them. you go. That's exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah get... you can absolutely load a VHS tape today. Good luck finding the hardware to load it into. Information's still there, waiting to be read. Or not, because magnetic tapes decay after a while. Yeah, but I don't think acylinear chips do, though. They're 3D crystal matrices. I don't think they really just dissolve. Scott, they're made of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> they're, made of, they're made of plastic and, like, water-based paint. <laughs> you have any, you they, have they any, are a have any bottle of Windex to, to get the petroleum products to make the plastic. <laughs> They're a bottle of Windex away from not this existing. Voth Cemetery, <laughs> 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 or hack to sleep them out in the sun, and you, you won't be able to read them. Okay, where were we? Um, I don't know. I got really, speeds. I got absorbed in the Voth plastics. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so they're shooting holes in the planet, making it fart. Um, now we did. We we should mention something. Uh, while Matt Fur was in engineering, he surreptitiously reaches over and then absconds with a the tricorder. Uh, wasn't it a pad? Or a pad? No. I don't know. It was All the same thing. Nerd. They got hundreds of those things on the ship. They're not going to miss one. Oh, it's it fine. Bad, yeah. Tricorder. Okay, later. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, so, um, hooray, the plan works. They've saved the day. How, I guess this is what Matt Furrow came to watch? That's kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know, shooting the shit out of a planet's pretty rad. 
Also him, also him marching onto the bridge and just plopping right down in Riker's chair. I know that sh- that die look. His bathrobe you. blowing the wind like Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> See what the one thing that I wish he would have done is done or, done the uh, Riker maneuver getting into it. Oh yeah, that well Riker would have just punched him at that point. Is <laughs> that Riker's primary chair? Is he can't Riker over it? Because yeah. it's against the wall. I'm surprised Riker doesn't like you know foist himself over the tactical rail to get into his chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Matt goes down to sick bay to visit Crusher, and Troy is there too, whining. I don't trust him. <laughs> Sounds just like her. Also, what happened to this crewman? I know. Did he like, get attacked from, by a targ? He was what probably playing. Fuck? He was probably playing Parisi squares. <laughs> Because those are clearly the claws of a giant animal. What the hell? Parisi squares. You can't prove it wasn't. Fair, <laughs> enough, okay, so fair enough. What I love, though, is that Matt first says, uh, by the way, this dermal regenerator, or what the fuck? Well, Neural stimulator. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Could I see one? And Crush is like, absolutely. Let me just leave this guy bleeding and go get it for you. And she just trots away. Yeah. And the patients are really like, what the hell? <laughs> um, bleeding out here. I Hello? I can, see, I can see my bone. <laughs> I'll just lay down and wait until I pass out. All right. You can revive me after a couple hours, right? They can probably replace his blood volume faster than he can lose it. It's fine. <laughs> so Matt corners Troy. And it says, you don't trust me. You should trust me. Yeah. Trust wow. me. Because we're the same. We're I know lots of things. Us. You know lots of things. <laughs> we're not totally the same person. You know, everybody told me Picard's empath won't trust you. <laughs> Picard's empath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, his pet, his pet beta Zed. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, so we're used to in our in our history books. You have a little uh, a little fluffy bed and a chain next to his chair. You don't have your own chair. You see Return of the Jedi, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh boy! So I do love that. Like Troy, like loses her cool. So like, you're right. I don't trust you. And she like flips him the finger and just walks away. Yeah, yeah. She kind of gives him like the hand and I'm, eh. It's about this time that Beverly comes back with the neurostimulator and is like, oh, good to see you're finally getting along because they're like, you know, standing in proximity to each other and talking. Yeah. She chips them. Yeah, she doesn't. Oh, God. Yeah, she's not not really the best read of a situation, is she? She thought she is. You remember right 10 forward? She knows that everyone hates this guy, but she likes him. And she likes fucking with everyone else. I don't know if she even likes him. She just likes fucking with everyone else, regardless of yeah, whether she, just, she likes him or not. I think she just likes that everybody else doesn't like him. And, and I could never tell if she was actually attracted to him or not. I don't think she was attracted. I think she was interested in him, but she she's not attracted to him. Because when it comes on to her now, she's not interested. Because she'd just be busy, but she is awfully smiley and like willing to like give him time, which is interesting. Well, she's very personal. I mean, she is the only doctor in Starfleet with a nice bedside manner. Uh, apparently, <laughs> throughout that history, is, that is apparently true. 
That's the Crusher's most definable characteristic. She's the only doctor you'd want to have work on you. <laughs> yes. Uh, McCoy, asshole. Flocks, <laughs> uh, insane. <laughs> Pulaski, the doctor, asshole. The doctor, doctor asshole. asshole. <laughs> Sheer, uh, insufferable. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <clears throat> Crusher's nice. She does a good job, and she smiles at you, and she gives you a lollipop. Oh, well, yeah, he's Matt Fruit trying to give her his lollipop, though. And she, like, gets all up in his face and, like, looks him in the eye, and there's, like, that little weird intimate moment. He walks out with a neural stimulator and then, like, flashes it at her, and it's like, thanks. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, I want to see it. And, like, I'm taking it. Yeah. Try and stop uh, me. Come with me. It's like, that's nice. Bye. Because <laughs> when I get a time machine, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the future and try to fuck a girl there. That's That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to give me a neural stimulator and then try to have sex with a future girl. I just think his priorities are a little messed up. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. It makes sense to me. <laughs> well, he knows that, you know, if a ghost has a shot with her, then, like, surely he's going to We're going to watch Sub Rosa at some point, aren't we? We certainly are because the episode is fucking amazing. <laughs> well, I, just, I made him watch it while I was there last week. He really like, had to twist my arm. He just suggested, and I'm like, sure. I've heard it's bad. The, the point is, it <laughs> was a hit. smarted you. <laughs> it was a hit. Yeah. The episode is glorious. Well, uh, It's like Spock's me. brain levels, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to get well-sauced for that one. I would recommend it, yeah. Would you recommend Russ? Well, I'm. would you recommend Bus being sauced with it? It doesn't I don't really reckon... matter if we recommend it. It's going to happen regardless. Also, I have a uh, I have a different fate in mind for Bus. AA? <laughs> An intervention, yeah, perhaps? Specifically with Subarosa, Scott, I want your wife to watch it with you. Oh, yeah. she will. Good. Well, she uh, actually... Good. Take notes. We're going to need a report on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually threatened to do the podcast tonight because I was kind of sleepy when I got home. I was like, I'm going to take a nap. She's like... Well, then take one. It's like, I can't. She's like, I'll do the podcast. You go take a nap. I'm like, okay, sit down. Here's the headset. So you guys get real close to having her instead of me. Well, it would have been fun. I know. We could talk about you, make fun of you. Yeah. Yes. She must have all. do that anyway. She must have all kinds of new Scott stories. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many would be about my penis. How many Hmm. would it be? (laughs) I think the answer to both questions is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, how much penis would you say? That, not enough. Just whatever the rest of that question is, it's not enough. She's not kill us. Like you put a bifurcated foreskin. Yeah, it's, it's like it I, feels I, I got like a banana. I got a kidna penis, <laughs> like star shaped at the end. Anyway, you've been on too many Sonic the Hedgehog forums. <laughs> Gotta go fast. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, shit, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, we just left Sick Bay. Uh, back up on the bridge. Uh, see. Is this where shit starts going yeah, wrong? Yeah, I think this is where bad shit starts yeah. happening. Yeah, this is where Data starts to explain. It's like, oh, well, he had me ask, ask, uh, answer questions about Dr. Soon's. Oh, shit! I also like that when the alert tone starts, Data looks like all over the place confused as if he can't tell where it's coming from. Before <laughs> realizing, oh, that's my that's my shit. <laughs> That's my phone going off. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to use that ringtone. I just changed it. 
Oh, I see. David has it set up like David has his phone, where it's impossible to tell what anything means. Yeah, it's the same noise for everything. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Whereas oh mine's God. just set up to use the same noises for Next Generation, so it's very confusing to watch an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably have that problem if I started watching Go Busters again. Yeah. So, uh, big problem. Uh, saving the planet has actually doomed it to shit, because uh, now it's going to blow the hell up. Captain yeah, Planet would not It's going to spill so much ash into the, the sky that it's going to blot out the sun forever, like a thousand bats. A thousand bats. Yes. That's not a lot of bats. <laughs> They're big bats. It's a, Well, it's a scary amount of bats, but it's really not that many bats. You like big bats? Or is it a thousand Cobra vehicles? Flappy bats. Uh, Bats are not vehicles, Fort Max. Battle android troopers. Oh, damn. Oh, snap. (laughs) A thousand Cobra robots. Burned. (laughs) Whoa. Damn fake G.I. Joe fans. Oh, my God. Gatekeeper. (laughs) Still, I'd rather have a fake G.I. Joe fan than a real G.I. Joe fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong. Because you're not. So, speaking of that, have you seen Kilby's pictures of him posting buckets of G.I. Joe's? <laughs> speaking of which... <laughs> just saying. All of it when G.I. Joe fought Venom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and there was a Trypticon there or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to... <laughs> okay, so... Um, Data's got a plan to save the planet. We'll ignite the atmosphere. Because burn off all the crap, clear the skies. Because apparently what's happened is that in the act of drilling into the surface uh, to release those CO2 pockets, they've kind of just, like, collapsed the whole planet's mantle. Yeah, there's a big chunk of the mantle that's going to fall. <laughs> and so, earthquakes, volcanoes, badness. Cats and dogs, sleeping together. Living Sexy. together. Not not my fanfic. <laughs> Now, of course, you have everyone going that, oh, there's no way all this uh, drilling we could be doing and releasing a bunch of stuff could possibly be causing these earthquakes. Yeah, I like the fact that they have to actually have, like, an overlay to figure that out. It's like, you can't just say, no, it's because we drilled in those exact spots. Those are exact spots where the earthquakes are. No, no, we have to see a picture of it overlaid. Oh, shit, the holes line up exactly the same. Who would have guessed? So the holes that the magma and the ash are spewing out of are the same ones that we drilled into the surface of the planet that was holding back the magma and the ash. That's entirely coincidental. You can't prove that was us. (laughs) Yeah. Warp Factor 9. Let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Our job Uh, was done. uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Start rolling really fast. (laughs) Jordy, roll credits. (laughs) Anyway, now they have to clean up the mess uh, caused by their fracking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, the data's plan is we fire the phasers at the atmosphere uh, and burn off just enough of the bad shit and we'll suck it up with the shields and just poo it into space using the deflector dish. But if we fuck it up, uh, we'll burn off all of the atmosphere entirely and kill everyone. Yeah, it'll, it will turn us into an airless moon. But no, it'll still be a planet, but it will be an airless an planet. An airless planet. Yes. <laughs> and there will be no heirs left because they'll all be dead. Yep. No one will be there to inherit anything. I I feel like... But this, they still will have a will. I feel like this plan will have 
I feel this plan has some some technical flaws. I'm sure you Probably. could do better if you including run. the fact like okay, we have to do this somehow all at once. We can't do it slowly so that when we get it to where we want, we can just cut it off. Well, if they do it slowly, the plant will freeze. They got to do it really fast, like ripping off a Band-Aid. Right. Like ripping off an atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so first we set the atmosphere on fire to warm the planet back up. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like cooking salmon. You have to be very careful. <laughs> I eat mine raw. Not too much. I smoke mine. I bet you do. <laughs> Insert bong sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going for a pole smoking joke. No, no, actually, I was... Because then you can make a joke about how hard it is to, like, suck off fish. Uh, never tried. Never tried. I've, 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 I have had oral sex where it tasted like fish, but not tried to suck off a fish itself. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, jeez. I was kind of, found it kind of ichthy. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, look, Scott's cat turned his computer off again. <laughs> uh, so on a, on a scale of one to ten, how was that, Joe? Uh... So on a scale of one to ten, how tired is hanging up on Scott getting? I'm thinking a zero. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right okay so picard uh unable to come to a decision of what to do well is this before after data and 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 matt have a conversation uh it's way after oh so we're, we're just, missed that we, we? <laughs> you I missed it i talked about it you weren't paying attention sure you're busy making fish jokes <laughs> I'll try to spawn better humor next time. God damn it. Maybe I'll just hang up on myself this time. Did you say God damn it? Can we just put like Scott and Paladin and Don on a podcast themselves at the kitty table? (laughs) You can join us at the adult table. (laughs) Okay, but if we put them at the kitty table, which one's going to start sculpting the mashed potatoes? Uh, well, this means something. All right, so Picard calls Matt for a rope to the principal's office <laughs> because he can't figure out what to do, so he needs to know the future. Oh, yeah, this is a good monologue. This is an excellent Picard monologue. Well, it's not a monologue. This is a conversation. Both sides are good. And even though we know that Matt Frewer is full of shit, his points are still valid. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. This is the situation. What I like about this is both of their points of view are valid. Both of them, they're equally valid, mm-hmm. and I love that. Another thing I like is that their debate shifts positions of which one feels more right at different times. Yeah, like you know, we're, we're all been told through sci-fi that you don't fuck with the past ever. And so but here he is. You're with Matt Frewer initially, right? Uh, but then Picard just makes pretty good arguments of like you know. My future is not set yet. I don't give a shit about your future. This is right now. This is the problem for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it kind of shifts right. from a matter this... of, like, knowing that it's probably immoral to try to use knowledge from the future to affect the present, but it all, then turns into a whole thing about, like, 
predetermination versus free will. Yes. Yeah. Like, this and goes like all over cuts, the place, and it's a really like great how he cuts them off. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 philosophy one-on-one people and, and should have talked about that. Let's just skip all that stupid shit, and they go right to, like, the important stuff, which I like, too. But then it gets to me at first saying, but this would be erasing my own life, though. I can't yeah. do that. Yeah, you can't ask me to do that. I mean, I see your point of view, and I would like to help you, but I can't. <laughs> Ice much. Which is even, even better that he makes such a great argument, even though he's completely full of shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, he still is a time traveler. I mean, that point is true. He is a time traveler. Whether or not he, you know... How he got to be that way is up for discussion, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I like that. It's like it's yes, yeah, twenty million lives, but he's like, I, why would I care? They died three hundred years ago. Why and so did shit? you. Yeah, this is all history to me. What I really like about this though is that at the very end of it, like Metfer looks almost pained because he can't do anything to help. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was saying, like he actually does want to help, and he would if he could, but he he can't. But not for the reason we think. Yeah, he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> exactly, he actually doesn't know what's going on or how to help. So he has to follow this on. He can't even if he wanted to. He couldn't go. Oh, we'll just do this, and it'll be work out fine. Also, Khan Singh name drop. Yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah. Also, yeah. like the fact that like now it becomes obvious why he chose this period of view because. Cards either about to save an entire planet full of people and change history, or he's going to kill a planet full of people and change history, which right. really amps up the tension for Picard. And for the audience. Yes. I mean, there's mm-hmm. real tension. There's 20 million people down here, and it really matters what they do. And it's it's you really get that sense of that way, because sometimes they talk about, oh, there's so many thousands of people that might die, whatever. This, for some reason, they, they, they act like it's important. They act like they care. Well, because Matt Furrier's position is that he can make a time to watch this specific event happen. Right. That says it's really <clears throat> fucking important what's about to go down. To yeah. actually want to view it firsthand. Right. So therefore, Picard knows this, even though Matt wouldn't admit that it's important. I mean, yeah. he can read between the lines. He's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And knows right. that whatever he decides here is a really fucking important decision. Yeah. So, I, I love all of that scene together of what it all says. Yeah. And, and Matt Frewer, again, I've always liked the guy because he is a really excellent actor. You know, I mean, just, just mm-hmm. his, his face and his way he articulates and the way he looks and the facial expressions. I mean, he just, you really see, you know, the character's mind thinking in the background. He's not sitting there reading lines. He's in this shit. And I love watching him act. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't think just like on your own that a one-on-one scene between Matt Frewer and Patrick Stewart is something you need in your life. But then you watch this and realize, you know what? I've been missing this for years. How did how did yes. I live without having seen this? <laughs> I know. That's why I was... You think Patrick Stewart, you think acting great, nobility. Mm. And you think Matt Furrer, you think goofball, Max Headroom. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but no, together, yes, it's magic. Yes. Because yeah. Matt Furrer, I mean, he, he, he's, he's not a dumb guy. You know, and, and he, he can say these things with conviction and weight. And I mean, like I said, it's just they, they act like they're two people having a philosophical conversation and an argument. It's, it's really cool. But it's what a... makes me angry about all this, though, mm. that because of this, we don't get Matt Fur as a regular in any Star Trek show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine getting him weekly being Matt Fur <laughs> in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like a Harry Mudd kind of character. Or just playing somebody else, like, you know, playing a science officer. Right, right. 
No, he's too good. You couldn't put him in a lower decks kind of thing. He'd have to be some major character. No, he's like the, the main science officer. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd watch that shit. No, what I want to see is Matt Frewer in a recurring role as a Klingon. It's <laughs> like some nerdy neurotic Klingon. <laughs> he's the second. Be a Romulan of personality. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> So this is interesting. So the end of the conversation, I think, is interesting too. In the aftermath, even when they have. go back out on the bridge. Well, yeah, when they go back on the bridge, and 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 Matt Frewer's like, "Well, sorry, I couldn't help you," you know. And oh, but you like, did. Oh, but you did. <laughs> it was a Xantos gambit all along, really. I swear. <laughs> no, that's Riker's job. <laughs> I'm not pulling this out of my ass at all. Right. But I mean, I it got does... you, Matt Frewer. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. <laughs> who was also on uh, on that show? Right, he was also on Gargoyles. Matt Frewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was on Star Trek, so probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Frewer was Jackal, I think. Yeah, right. something like that. All right. So, what do they decide? What Picard decide? Uh, Picard decides. Well, I could do nothing which is safe, or I could be ballsy and risk it all. And Picard always bets on black. That's why I always talk to Guinan and believe her. No? All right. So Picard uh, says, fire phasers, let's do this shit. And so they ignite the atmosphere, or then the Enterprise sucks it off, or then spits it out. <laughs> well, no, the Enterprise doesn't swallow. And so the planet is saved. Hooray, everyone gets to live. Matt Furrow says, okay, well, great. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Got to be going. And leaves like a Matt Furrow shaped cloud of dust in his wake. <laughs> <laughs> so he heads down to his shuttle with his old purse in tow. <laughs> where he's got a going away party waiting for him. The entire crew. That is one yeah, mustard ass should... purse. Uh... <laughs> I mean, seriously, what is with his colors? Uh, you don't understand 26th century fashion, clearly. It's way too advanced for you. Obviously, well, see, he's an autumn. But in space, autumn is all, all kinds of different colors. <laughs> you have to know Especially which color on... season you fall into. Right. Although yeah. there's no excuse for him not wearing heels, ever. Oh, jeez. You don't wear flats in space. There's no reason to. Maybe you do in the 26th century. Yeah, maybe Labor Day doesn't exist in the 26th century, so they can wear white whenever they want. <laughs> It's like a gremlin's rule. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wear white after midnight. Yeah, it's always after midnight, though. How does that fucking work? <laughs> All right, so Frewer's like, okay, well, time to go. I need to go. We just need to have a like, look inside your trunk. Yeah, um, we're missing a lot of knickknacks. And some patty wax. And, and them thingamabobs. Which I have somewhat of an issue with that. I mean, really, they notice a tricorder is missing, and a well, phaser. Well, they don't phaser notice that. They don't firearm. notice that a tricorder or a pad is missing, but they kind of notice when a tricorder and a pad and uh, some of Worf's underwear, Jordy's spare pair of glasses, like you know, all of these things go missing within a forty-eight hour span. Yes, that does kind of start to stack up. Yeah, yeah. When you when you don't have company and you have someone stay at your house for two days and suddenly see like your silverware is missing, it's pretty easy. When to your out what Android happened. misplaces something, yes. 
or when your doctor loans you something and you don't hand it back to her. Right. Well, then they just yeah, add it to your bill. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's under $15,000. But, I mean, they actually, like, acknowledge this in the dialogue. If fewer things had gone missing, they might not have even thought about it. Right, right. <clears throat> but a phaser, yeah, they would notice something missing out of the armor. They keep track of that shit. I mean, you know, they're not... I mean, what fool even gave him a phaser? Yeah, how did he even steal one? How did he right. even have the opportunity to steal a phaser, for God's well, sake? I took it out of Worf's pocket when Worf wasn't paying attention. <clears throat> yeah, because I think Worf does pocket a Type 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains the bulge. I thought it was just him. That was a Diet Coke in the other pocket. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so Matt Furrow says, well, I can't let you into my ship. It's full of future stuff. Also, says, okay, also, well, I like data and command him to never reveal the secrets he has ever seen. Oh, but before that, though, like Worf gets between him and the hatch on the ship and basically says, open it or I blow it up. Yeah, we can't scan it. Um, it's from the 26th century, but I can use C4 on it and that's going to work. Right. No, we're just going to punch it till it blows up. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, like a car in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I would like to see a brief oh montage God. of Worf trying different <laughs> ways to cut or blow the ship open. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, he's a big bed wharf. He'll huff and puff. Oh, and nails. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I beat you, Scott. I beat you at your own game. Despair. <laughs> no, no, that was actually funny. <laughs> it was mostly funny because it wasn't Scott saying it, though. <laughs> you know, I accept that. <laughs> I'm 38 years old. I, I get it. Okay, so Picard says, Data, you go in and shh. <laughs> doesn't think that Picard can then rescind that order and say, okay, yeah, let's spill it. What did you see? <laughs> right, right. But the thing is, Matt wanted him to go No, in. see, he's going to just use that ultra-secret top clearance order. Order like, 66. Light special? All right, so Data goes in, and then Matt immediately points a phaser at him. Ha-ha, I've got you now, Data. Now, I am sad that this was at the end of the episode, so we didn't get a whole other episode of Data just being passive-aggressive with his kidnapper. <laughs> I think that we have a, we saw a recent episode that was that already, thank you. That's why we and know it we was want great. more of that. Yeah. Like, we already had, you know, a whole scene of Patrick Stewart and Matt Frewer. Now we need the like whole episode of Brent Spiner and Matt Frewer. Two-man show. with Matt Frewer. And John Delancey. Oh my god, yes. Ooh. See, that's it. Matt Frewer should have been a Q. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt Frewer has a Q. Like, let him be the Q that shows up on Deep Space Nine. Alright, well, I'm going to fanfiction.net after this. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it could have been the Q that showed up on Voyager. So that way, uh, John Delancey didn't have to sully himself by ruining his character. Voyager. Yeah. And Matt Furrow might have elevated those scenes. Oh, he would have. Matt Furrow and Robert Ricardo. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Go on. Okay, what if Matt Furrow was the EMH Mark II in the uh, Message in a Bottle episode? Ooh. Instead of Andy Dick. Anything. Yes. The EMH Mark II. 
I would even accept Paladin as the EMH Mark II. <laughs> uh, what I want to know is, why was it the EMH Mark II Bashir? Because of the scandal. He was the Mark III. Hmm? Well, no, Bashir would have been the Mark II, but there was the whole scandal, so he that's got disqualified right. yeah, from because the... that's when his genetic modification came yeah. out. Anyway, okay, so basically it boils down to that Furrer's from the 22nd century... And he's stealing all this shit because he's an inventor and he's going to invent it one a year. And he's going to take data too and invent a data. <laughs> that might take a little bit more time. Also, I'm uh, amused that he took one of Worf's knives. Uh, so that's somehow knives. going to be a stunning invention in the 22nd century when they already have had contact with Klingons. It'll be a, a nice invention for Sherlock Holmes. See, they should the have had Matt Frewer show up as this character in Enterprise. But they, he would have been older then, though. Makeup. They couldn't stop him with Riker. That's true. Uh, he'll look exactly, exactly the same. <laughs> that really should oh. have stopped them with Riker and Troy. Of course, anything should have stopped that episode from happening. <laughs> anything. <clears throat> Alright, so uh, Data's saying, no, 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 this is not happening. And Matt Furrow says, uh, yes, it is. Uh, zap. Except well, work. yeah, it's less of a zap click, and more click, of a click, click yeah. Like, well, he says the word zap, because he's, you know, pew pew, zap, zap. Right, right, which is what I would do if I had a phaser, too. <laughs> yeah. And then Data responds, that I assume the door will open with your handprint whether you're conscious or not. Which is like the coldest motherfucking thing to say. <laughs> when you're an android? Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Data would be boring about it, though. He would just do, like, the, the Vulcan neck pinch. <clears throat> Oh, it's got a retinal scan? Well, I don't need the rest of your head for that. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, you'll just, uh... Yeah, fucking eye pluck out. Uh, And Furward basically says, okay, yep. I'll let you out. I surrender. (laughs) Uh, But I've got like 30 seconds before the ship takes off, so uh, put me back in quickly. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. And so Picard gets all high and mighty here. It's like, oh, you're complaining about changing the past, huh? That's what you were gonna do, huh? And, and also, she... all concern of secrecy seems to go out the window because they send Worf in to retrieve the stolen things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Worf even knows what that stuff is. There were blinky lights. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing looked edible. <laughs> it was too stupid looking to be futuristic. <laughs> <laughs> Like a like goddamn Lisa Frank puked in there. <laughs> Nothing so, in there is copper. Okay. Am okay. I the only one that finds the fin- how this episode ends a little dark and depressing? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I though. I agree. Okay. <clears throat> well, it's not just me because like clearly this dude is a criminal who is fucking with the time stream. Yeah. So he make- he deserves to be incarcerated. But the way it's presented is really horrific for me. Of his time ship leaps away, assumingly back to the 22nd century where some other asshole is going to find it. But that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Um, he's trapped in the future. He's never going to get home. Nope. And, if and he, says he sells it. Mm-hmm. He looks distraught. Mm-hmm. 
Well, wouldn't you be if you were like 200 years in the future and like you'll never be able to go home and all your friends and family are dead and your whole well, yes, life is gone? But, but I'm a normal being. He's supposed to be the villain here. He's supposed to be you know a self-serving <clears throat> thief, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, he should be like, curse you, Picard, and your meddling kids. Right, right. <laughs> but no, he just looks like he's just utterly destroyed. Yep, I agree with you. Like, I assume he's got a wife at home. Yeah, he could have kids, you know, all kinds of stuff. Maybe he was stealing stuff so he could feed his fucking kids. I mean, like, they sure as shit can't let him go back in time again, but... Oh, this, this episode ends such a weird note of, like, it's the right thing to do, but it's still upsetting. Well, the thing <clears> is, throat> like, throat> the only crime they have to charge him with is, like, petty theft of stuff from the Enterprise... Which, at most, he'll probably do a few months in a Federation prison, and then, like, they're going to turn him loose, and it's like, okay, what the hell does he do now? Right. Well, unless there there is laws against meddling with the time stream. Well, he, he admitted to uh, stealing the uh, time ship. True, but that's yeah, not exactly it, something the 24th century Starfleet can really hold against him. Like, that's not a crime he committed against them. Like, that's something from 200 years ago. Yeah, well, he does pretty much admit that he he didn't say it, but he, he pretty much said that he killed the guy who showed up. He had the misfortune of running into me, so I assume he killed the time traveler and took his ship. So he could also be a murderer. Possibly, but he doesn't There's also the possibility that he just stranded the guy in the 22nd century, too. Yeah, he could have just lifted it and, like, just now, in a place him out called... before teleported away. Right, but now in a place called New Jersey, which he should get the death penalty for that. True, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I won't argue with that at all. Okay. No, I mean, the way I look at the only thing that Starfleet can actually charge him with is a crime directly committed against the Enterprise. Right. Which would be fairly minor, and then from that point on, like, they've condemned this guy to try to figure out a way to make a life for himself in this time he knows nothing about. Like, this is, which... it's all kinds of dark. Yeah, and the way Picard even says, oh, I'm sure there's historians of ours that would love to talk to you. So it's like, I have the middle image of him being put in like in a zoo. Look at the past man, and then him being poked and prodded by historians. You know, I know Federation won't do that, but the way Picard says it so ominously. Eesh. Picard's had we'll just be a lot of surveys. <laughs> <laughs> questionnaire after questionnaire after questionnaire. Yeah. Well, Fort, Fort Mac should run the Department of Justice. <laughs> She so knows what justice it's later is. Later on, established that Starfleet does have their own temporal police, correct? Uh, well, the, yeah, like the Section Bureau 31. Of Tempo, the Bureau of Temporal Investigation, or something like that. Yes. Oh, that was an Enterprise, correct? And no, that was watched. that was the uh, Trials and Tribulations <clears throat> people. But what weren't there temporal agents in like the first season of Enterprise? Wasn't that a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, they were from the future, though. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and their job was to monitor against uh, temporal meddling, right? Yeah, I mean, around yeah. the 30th century, that's a thing that exists. Um, right. So, since now that Starfleet has captured Matt Frewer and they have it on record, I wonder if they would intervene and remove the problem. Well, Probably. that would that would assume that, like, they see it as a problem. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it's... It could very well be like this is just how history, as they understand it, was supposed to have unfolded in the first place. He's just Plus, fulfilling. Also, he traveled forward in time, therefore he can't ruin the timeline that way. Mm -hmm. 
If he went backwards, he could change things, but not forwards. Yeah, if he went back with that stuff and started introducing it into the world in the 22nd century, somebody could have gone and intervened at that point. But But since he didn't... Right. Well, yeah, I mean, this is... uh, Yeah. I mean, there's enough... There's enough... um, on-screen evidence to say that whatever temporal division exists in the future does not go and intervene in every single instance of time travel that takes place. Yeah. You'd think they would have come back and stopped Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, though, because they did the same thing. No? All right. No. No. It's more just they're not funny. Yeah, okay. what, What, like, tech inventors are funny? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. They're not. None of them? <laughs> Who? None. None? Okay. <laughs> but like yeah, the Shamwell yeah. guy? So the... <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, hey, yeah, okay, go. but he's not funny for anything to do with inventing. He's funny because he got beat up by a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a question there. We would never know what happened to this guy. Probably died. Yeah. Oh, it did feel bad for him though, because like he, Wait, you, know, he you mean Star Trek Online doesn't do anything with it? Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> See, no, Fort Max, this say, is why I keep you around. No, I gotta say they've never mentioned Rasmussen. Who? Matt Frewer. Oh yeah, Matt, Matt oh. Frewer. <laughs> but now I gotta go look it up. Okay, what's a, what? What does Memory Alpha say about it? That's what I want to know. I, now, now I'm obsessed with having to Matt Frewer's character. So you might need Memory Beta for that. Let's see. Uh yeah. But anyway, so yeah, again, excellent episode. It was even better than I remember. Matt Frewer is a gem. It was a good plot. Special effects were great. I loved it. It's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. But the question is, what do we do next week? Sub Rosa. Another... No, we can't do that. We've done too much next generation. I was going to say another TNG already. All right, so what's on our list? We got. Mostly TNG. Uh, yeah. Well, is Peace of Action? That's TOS, though, right? Yeah, that's Planet Gangster. Yeah. Well, do you want to just do Planet Gangster? We've been talking about it for months. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen most of them, though, Fort Max. Right. <laughs> Unless we just want to, like, you know, pull a Voyager episode out of our ass. Which is where all Voyager episodes come from. Yeah. From in somebody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Let's see here. All right, let me jump over to. Uh... But did you find uh, out? Did you find out if there's any like you know licensed material with Rasmussen? This is important. Oh no, I was looking. Oh well, okay. You guys look up episodes, and then I'll do. I'll do this thing. Uh, although uh, I'll say so. In 2372, as part of an effort to prove Worf's claim that the Enterprise D, unlike DS9, was immune to security breaches, was false. Odo cited the case of Rasmussen among oh, yeah. others. That was the thing that happened. <clears throat> oh shit. The character was originally written for Robin Williams. You know, somehow I don't think that would have worked as well. No, Matt Frewer did a much better job. Let's see. 
Oh, okay, here we go, Apocrypha. Rasmussen appeared in, in pocket DS9 novel The Big Game, in which he was released from prison in 2369. He then traveled to DS9, where he participated in a high-stakes poker tournament held at Quarks. The novel also mentioned that Rasmussen claimed to have been on Titanius III during the 2150s, where he met a Klingon who identified himself as being a member of the House of Duras. In uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, short story research, Berlinghoff had the foresight to hide blueprints for the time travel pod prior to his journey and was able to retrieve them and successfully rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> he then traveled back to the late 20th century to the home of, the, of his ancestor, J.R. Rasmussen. Together, they traveled back to 1964, where they relayed information about the future to a television writer named Gene Roddenberry. Rasmussen died some sometime before 1999 in an auto accident while driving to an appointment with producers at Paramount Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Rasmussen also appeared in the novel Indistinguishable from Magic, where he collaborated with Bach and a scheme to use the NX class Intrepid NX-07 to travel back in time. He did this by pretending to work for a Starfleet team led by George LaForge from the USS Challenger. Bach's plan was unsuccessful, and Rasmussen escaped by stealing a shuttlecraft from the Challenger. Oh my god, this motherfucker's everywhere! This is awesome! <laughs> he went back in time and told Gene Roddenberry about Star Trek! <laughs> <laughs> he is now the best character in Star Trek. Oh my god. Uh, Mickey, weren't you wanting to do this Voyager episode at one point? Um, I'm not going to look at it, I'm going to say no. The one where Neelix dies? Oh, yes. I don't know. Oh yeah, that ne one. Neelix dies and 7 of 9 kind of borgs him back to life. Is that the one where he was missing his lungs, or is that a different one? No, this is the one where basically decides that there is no God. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, does he turn into, like, a teenager? <laughs> it's a heavy episode. He realizes he's in Voyager. <laughs> uh, that is the episode I want to do. I also want to do Move Along Home from uh, DS9. We did DS9, like, two weeks ago, though. Okay. Um, well, then, uh, well, we did a fun one now, so let's do something that makes us depressed next week, then. Let's well, do, that would be uh, any Voyager episode. <laughs> All right, then. Neelix dies, which should make everyone happy, but it won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the concept I'm on board with. I also still kind of want to do the um, fifth season Voyager episode where uh, Torres tries to kill herself with extreme like sports, basically, on the holodeck, and they're also building the Delta Flyer. Well, only one of, those sounds, one of those things sounds important. The episode title is Extreme Risk. It's early in season five. Okay, well. She's, she's having problems dealing with the fact that everybody she knew back home is dead now. And also they build the Delta Flyer. Because <laughs> they can just do that over the course of like 72 hours, apparently. Sure. Boy, Tom sure. Paris can do it. Yeah, how long does it take you to build a shuttlecraft? Void, you're so terrible. Well, well XV isn't a pilot. No, That's okay. true. That's true. Pilots can build things very well. Pilots are the best aerospace engineers. <laughs> uh, I find it ridiculous that they uh that this would have been the perfect place to use that uh 
auxiliary craft on the bottom of the saucer. Oh yeah, the aero aero shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would have cost money. <sighs> yeah, and by this point they were on UPN, right? So they were on UPN from the start. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was a premiere show for the network. And it was the only premiere show for the network that actually had a second season. Poor Shasta McNasty. (laughs) (laughs) And the Platypus Man. Homeboys in Outer Space. (laughs) And the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Weren't those later shows for UPN, though? Those weren't premiere shows. Do they really matter when i mean they're all upn shows well yeah uh all right so what are we gonna do i i'm okay with neelix dying yeah no, i've already put that in we're doing uh mortal, oh, okay. mortal coil for next oh, week see. okay cool i wasn't really talking about the episode i was just okay with neelix dying that was right just a general statement. No, that, but that's, the, that's the episode's understood. fine too yeah that's understood okay. right. <laughs> cool 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 all right. Yeah. Fuck these good episodes. Let's watch a shitty one. <laughs> well, uh, I actually consider this one a good episode. It is. It's just a depressing episode. It's depressing, but it does what Trek is supposed to do and make you question things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it does have some bullshit 709 technology in it, which will just make you go, ugh. I'm also putting in Move Along Home for the week after. Oh, good. And then on the 28th, we can do, uh, that was season seven something. Sub Rosa? Yes. <laughs> and when will we be having the bus episode? Well, apparently sometime in September. Okay. Because we've just filled in all of August. Hooray! <laughs> we get one more month and we get a free sub. <laughs> No, the the free sub comes on the twenty eighth. See, sub okay. for Rosa. Oh, I usually have to pay for my sub. I make sure they never come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't get it. 